Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fancast. This week we are talking about episode 7 of season 2, released on November 4th, 1994, and that is Wake Up! A little Cory. Uh, and once again, we are joined by Nick. Uh, Nick, you were here with us last season, but you actually specifically requested two episodes in season two, and we'll get into the second one later. But why wake up little Cory? Uh, well, yeah, I requested two episodes because there are two really memorable episodes. Uh, and I apologize. I've got a bit of a cold right now. So, uh, but they're just really memorable episodes, and especially from the earlier seasons that, uh, just really stuck in my head as, uh, as just killer episodes. And as I went back and rewatched, I was definitely reminded why, especially with this episode. And, and I had a little bit of a different experience with the other episode, which I'll get into when we do that podcast. But, uh, but for this one, it just watching this episode just reaffirmed for me how good it was and why it deserved to uh, to have the place that it has in my head and, and the ranking of, of Boy Meets World episodes. So, yeah, so far this season, I have to say that you know the first season that we did, um, you know, I I ended up walking away feeling like okay, there was actually more episodes that I enjoyed than I thought I would, but I still think that season one is kind of bottom tier of boy meets world for me Mm -hmm. um but season two uh i feel like gets roped in with season one by a lot of people but season two right uh, it just in the first seven episodes it really feels like the writing yeah Yeah, they they really stepped up and i I kind of always thought the same thing too but when i did um the other podcast that i did which was comparing it to girl meets world as that series ran you know, obviously we watched a lot of first season episodes when, when we did that, and it sort of gave me a new appreciation for that first season. And uh, you know, this was only a few years ago. And watching it as an adult, you realize that, you know, even though it's a show that was made for kids, it was really funny. And it still yeah. is. All the jokes, uh, they all hold up uh, better than uh, a lot of other stuff that you'll watch just for nostalgia purposes. So, Yeah, I think the biggest issue is that the first season, when you look at the full series, it feels like a very different show than what season two and beyond is, just sure. in character traits. And it, it's I agree with you. Season one has some really funny moments, but I definitely think that season one feels a little bit more like written directly for kids, while season two really steps up on keeping in mind that the parents are probably watching the show with them and we should yeah. really be throwing some jokes their way. And the thing is they really have a good built-in explanation for that because as the show uh, evolves, you know, the characters evolve with it, they're they're at that age where you sort of discover who you are. I mean, that's what the show's about. Um, but it really holds true, especially for like Corey, who, you know, and, and uh, you brought this up and the other one, and it was such a good point, you know, how, how, into baseball he was and everything in the earlier seasons and sports. And he completely deviates from that as we get into the other episodes, you know, he, he, he evolves into this old Jewish man, you know, in the, yeah. in the <laughs> later episodes. Um, but he doesn't start off that way. And, and uh, it's interesting to see that evolution. And, and that's an evolution you see with every show as they learn their characters, but it just feels kind of natural in this because they're at that age where they are learning who they are. So it doesn't feel like it's a show figuring itself out. It does feel like the characters are feel, uh, figuring themselves out. Very much so. So this particular episode, as you said, it is a very memorable episode. I remember this one vividly. 
Uh, and it's uh, the the short version is Corey and Topanga are working on a video project. They fall asleep in the school, and then uh, Topanga gets a bad reputation as being a, a fairly easy girl. And Corey does nothing to change that perception uh, because he's riding high on the popularity train. Um, but I want to talk about it. So let's start. Uh, it kicks off with um, <clears throat> Mr. Turner, and he's talking about the book Much Ado About Nothing. Um, we get the joke of Sean falling asleep and falling <laughs> out of his seat while Mr. Turner's talking about how exciting this whole book is. Right. And right off the bat, I mean, I, I, I laughed out loud in the first, you know, 15 seconds of this episode. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. It's just a really funny episode. And the first three words of the episode are love, sex, slander. <laughs> and just those first three words alone. Um, Set up the out- whole episode. Yeah, it sets and they, up the and whole they, episode. They show what's so different about this show from shows now. You know, they can never. You can't talk about sex in shows now. Um, and this this whole episode, it, it doesn't shy away from it. The episode is about it, and it's so um, it's sort of weird watching it now, looking at it and going, "How did they ever get this? You know, past the censors or whatever?" And actually, I looked it up. And this is one of the only episodes, it's just this and the beard, are the only episodes that have a TV PG D rating, which the D is for suggestive dialogue. Yeah. Um, but that's funny that there's only two episodes of Boy Meets World that ever got that rating, and this is one of them. And, and I mean, like you said, you've got the Sean Pratt fall, which is funny, and then they start running down the list of TV shows that are just as sex, uh, sexually, if not more sexually explicit than... Shakespeare and Corey says Barney my sister says he's getting much edgier now (laughs) but this leads Mr. Turner to have the idea that they should all do their own news broadcast uh, covering a topic of sex and love and that's where Corey and Topanga team up because it has to be a boy and girl duo Uh, and probably the line that people remember the most because they play it multiple times it's Topanga saying, sex, great anytime, anywhere. Uh, uh, and they have Mr. fun Feeney, with be editing. careful with that equipment. <laughs> they do a lot of editing tricks to make people say things, you know, out of context. I love Feeney even called, uh, that's a cheap editing trick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it does a thing that happens a lot in the first two seasons specifically, um, which I always love, which is what I call Corey Cam, where we're seeing things through the camera that Corey is holding. Right. And it's now just that, such a fun energy. And that's actually something that kind of dates itself because, you know, nowadays everyone's got a cell phone and they all, you know, taking video isn't a thing anymore. But when I was a kid, uh, you know, we had this big honking VHS camcorder and I would go and I would take it around and I'd make, you know, movies like, you know, scripted movies, you know, that were, you know, like 10 minutes long or whatever with my friends. But like, that was a whole thing just because you could get your hands on a camera. That was a big deal, you know? And, and that sort of plays up to that, you know, this is probably the first time Corey's ever held a camera or got to record anything like that uh, because it's how it was back then. But nowadays you sort of lose that. Uh, exactly. And I remember those days too. I, I was lucky when I was in high school cause I was part of the TV studio and I got to actually see the transition happen where my first two years of high school, we were filming with the big camera that you put the VHS tape in. And then we had 
like double stack VCRs where you would have to queue up everything you yeah. want it perfectly and pause and record and all that. But then by my junior year, we had completely moved over to digital cameras and we had moved over to mini DV and using MacBooks to do like Final Cut Pro and iMovie for our editing. And it was really cool. I, I think that to this day, I think I'm a pretty good video editor. And the reason why I really, truly believe that is because for two years, I was editing with a VHS tape and two VCRs. And that really forces <laughs> you, you to be meticulous. Right. It yeah. makes you appreciate <laughs> what you what you can do with the newer stuff. And, and, uh, and yeah, it, it helps you be more meticulous with what you're doing. So, yeah, you learn you learn when to cut <laughs> doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my favorite characters in season two without even competition and it carries into season three is Joey the rat and Frankie the enforcer. Yeah. And, and Joey the rat has the moment of this episode for me uh, where he's talking to Corey and Corey says, well, we're looking for uh, people to talk about their opinions on sex and love. And he goes, Oh, well sex is very important, but it's special to only happen between two <laughs> people who love each other, preferably while married. Hey, can I say hi to my kids? <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, it's such a good setup and just perfect. I love Joey the Rat so much. And the thing is, this episode did a really good job. I didn't notice it till afterwards when I was writing down my notes. But uh, this episode, and, and this is the reason I think this is this episode's so well written, is it utilizes almost every character on the show. The only the only person I can think of who really isn't in this episode is Morgan. Yeah, uh, everyone else, you know, they obviously don't have big parts because there's so many people that are involved in it. But uh, everyone has a few lines in this episode. And, that's and this is definitely they're like rare. phasing out Morgan by this point anyway. So I would say that they have everybody in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does show up in Sister Teresa, which is the later one. But, yes, yeah. they, they start using her less and less. But the thing is, they did use her pretty effectively. They just give her one or two jokes per episode, but they were usually pretty good. Oh, I, I wanted to actually get the actress who played Morgan on an episode of this. Uh-huh. Uh, but I realized that there's really no Morgan-centric episodes <laughs> at all. Like, I was like, no. I don't want to bring her on to talk about the one line that she has in an episode. <laughs> yeah, but they used that one line just so well. And, you know, it's like they knew what she was there for. They didn't and, – and they didn't want to hammer it home. And, and they didn't use her to pull in the audience that was her age. They used her as a tool – to tell jokes that were funny for the the audience that they were intending to hit. And it worked really well. It does. Um, she has some of the best lines in the episodes that she appears in. And there, and most of her lines, are, I mean, she says them as a child, but they're, <laughs> a lot of the lines are like adult lines, you know? Yeah. Uh, we just recently did the episode uh, that has probably my favorite Morgan line of the whole season, but uh, it says weenie. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to... Th focus on you know we have Corey and Topanga and they're editing and it's it's kind of shocking that Topanga is the one that starts off the lying to the parents because that seems not like any part of Topanga that we've seen up until this point or even after and this is another thing that I really caught you know you catch a lot of stuff as you watch the show when you're older you know as a kid I related to the kids and I focus on them but as an adult now when I watch this I, I watch Amy and Alan a lot more closely and, and I actually relate to them a lot um, but it's interesting because they actually put a 
you know, a, a lot of detail into explaining how this can even happen. You know, it wasn't just like it just happened and they don't explain how it could pull it off. Like Topanga makes the call and she says, oh, you know, it's because I don't want them to make me come home for dinner because we've got so much to do. So she calls and lies because she wants to skip dinner. And then, uh, you know, she does the same thing for Corey. And they end up falling because asleep, Corey but... botches it. We do need to talk about Corey botching <laughs> yeah, it. Right. Watch <laughs> hey, the mom, king do I'm... it. Yeah. Hey, mom, I'm staying at Corey's for dinner. No. <laughs> like... <laughs> and then she just takes the phone and handles it for him, which is, you know, quintessential Corey and Topanga. Um, but then in between them actually falling asleep in the next scene, they have a scene with Amy and Alan and... And first of all, they're talking about sex, which, by the way, when you go back and watch first season, second season, all Amy and Alan ever talk about is sex. <laughs> oh, it's my we ju- the episode hasn't come out in the time that you and I are recording this. But by the time this episode comes out, it'll be released. But we literally talked about that maybe two episodes where there are so many sex jokes yeah. with Alan and it's like, and it's in great. your face. Right. Yeah. And it's hilarious. And it's, pro- and it's stuff, you know, obviously they did it well because as a kid, I ne- that never sunk into me that yeah. Amy and Alan were horn dogs. But <laughs> when no, you watch it not an adult even a little bit. and you're actually paying attention, like you, you get all that stuff and yeah. And it's, it's, they do it a lot. Um, <laughs> but you know, but they explain it, you know, she goes, you know, where's Corey? He should be home by now. Oh, well, while well, I'm going to bed. And then they tell some sex jokes in there. And then Alan waiting up for Corey falls asleep on the couch. And then you see the next morning her come down and question where Corey is. And it's, you know, it's the stuff that again, as a kid, I didn't really notice that. So if, yeah, your mom wonders where you are, but as an adult, you go, how, how would this ever happen? And, you know, it's something that they could have gotten away with not explaining because it's just a sitcom and they can go, well, we don't need to explain it. We'll just make it happen. But they actually put the effort into explaining it, uh, which is another just a really good point to, that speaks to the writing of this episode. Well, and I think because the writers actually care about the, the writers care about making sure that you're always depicting Corey with a very good family unit. And if yeah. you didn't show them being cautious about everything, then it wouldn't be true to what they're trying to tell. It's the same thing with, you know, as much as they make fun of Feeney, he is always a very sympathetic character who wants the best for everybody. Right. Uh, where, you know, a lesser show would have just made him the butt of the joke, you know, shaking his fist and, oh, that Corey and Sean got me again. Like, yeah. he's not a character. He's an actual character. <laughs> the show did a really great job of setting up a lot of different characters who can play the straight man in different scenarios against other characters, you know? So sometimes, like in this episode, Mr. Feeney's the straight man, and he's playing it against not just the kids, but Mr. Turner as well. Um, but through the series, you see them do that with all different characters. And by the end of the series, usually Corey is the one who becomes the straight man to Sean or uh, to Eric, you know? But... Uh, it's just the flexibility they, they gave all the characters in this show is just really, really great. Yeah. And, you know, there's a very well done sequence uh, later on where, as we said, Corey and Topanga, they fall asleep. Everyone assumes that they had sex, uh, including Sean and Harley and all of those guys. Um, but there's a great scene where Topanga shows up and basically confronts Corey about everything yeah she offers herself to Corey to make a point you know that that he's not the man 
<laughs> he yeah. immediately shuts down. Um, but yeah, she goes in there and just says, you know, you want me? Take me. You know, you've already told everyone you've done it. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a good moment for her. It's, it's a very feminist, very Topanga moment. And I, and I think that it is, up until this point, the most defining Topanga, how we will know her mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. Because, um, you know, the first season, she's very, like, hippie, weird girl. And then up until this point, she really has just been, like, occasionally there. The second season really kind of feels like, uh, and we'll get to this in a later episode that I have already recorded, but a lot of the second season I've noticed is Corey dating a bunch of other girls and realizing what he really wants in Topanga. Right, and they draw pints, and they do that in this one too at the end when they're uh, showing the video and Sean he mentions, you know, oh, you're going to you know, tell your girlfriend you love her. Uh, and, he's, and, you know, they end it wonderfully by him just saying, she's my friend. You know, and yeah. that's the explanation. They shake hands and everything. But uh, but yeah, they're definitely they were dropping hints very early on. But yeah, all in all, great episode. Uh, I don't you know, I have no reason to doubt why this is a memorable one for you, because it's a memorable one for me, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, it the- was a serious episode that was hilarious. So, I mean, they got the this is the this episode just has the best of all of Boy Meets World. It's got most of the characters. It's a serious episode that's got, it's very funny with a lot of great jokes. Uh, yeah, so definitely, definitely in my top 10. So real quick question, because I have this one note here, and I can't remember if this is in a later episode, but when I first started watching this, I could have sworn that the book that they were learning was the Scarlet Letter for some reason. I think is they, there a, yeah, I think they do that in another episode. Okay, um, so I, I was like, I might be combining episodes in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's very applicable. You know, it's the same type of thing. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't remember off the top of my head which episode they did the Scarlet Letter, but I know that they did use it in another episode. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Uh, well, I mean, that's all for this, unless you have anything that you need to promote. Uh, again, the episode's going to come out November 4th. <laughs> uh, no, uh, just, you know, I, I, if you're doing a Girl Meets World re- uh, rewatch, you can always uh, check out the Kid Gets Acquainted with Universe podcast, uh, where we compare uh, Girl Meets World to Boy Meets World. Uh, but that's it. And I still am so angry that you got that name first because <laughs> when I was trying to come up with a name for this podcast, that was the first thing that came to my head. And then I searched it and was like, damn it. Right. <laughs> so- <laughs> I, I needed something gender neutral to apply to both. And that just kid gets acquainted with the universe was, was perfect. So, <laughs> All right. Well, it was great having you on, Nick. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you in another like two or three episodes. I, I appreciate guess. it. Thanks for having me. <laughs>